Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high-control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? <laughs> well, maybe in my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine, And I'm Stephen. So, nice to have you back, Celine. Uh, as mm-hmm. a recording, um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I missed you on Wednesday when we recorded or I recorded with Dr. Heather mm-hmm. Ransom, which by the time you hear this, will be out so i'm very excited about that it's a really interesting discussion mm-hmm. uh sorry you missed it but you can obviously listen to it yeah <laughs> yes unfortunately i am at work all the time at the moment <laughs> yeah <laughs> my two works. worlds the sofa and work <laughs> so work's putting a lot of demands on you at the moment but um, yeah anyway it's good to have you back on the show um so what are we talking about today Uh, Well, today, according to you, we're talking about politics. When I was talking to mum yesterday on our little day out, I actually Mm. thought we were talking about the Jubilee, so I was surprised. Um, Uh, Well, actually, um, I think we should talk about the Jubilee as well, because Ah. that fits into this subject, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, obviously, uh, the Queen is, um, is the head of the state figurehead of the United Kingdom, and a lot of people misunderstand what that means so i think that that is part of, okay. of the discussion actually well then just it's all yeah. coming together it, it's there's lots of stuff to talk about it could be a long one um yeah so i suppose what, what got me thinking about it was was a few different things i mean the jubilee is one of those things which we'll talk about but also um it, it struck me the other day and i did do a tweet about this and there was quite a lot of discussion around it um, about the word theocracy and as Jehovah's Witnesses the word theocracy and theocratic is banded around constantly mm-hmm. um, because as a Jehovah's Witness you don't have anything to do with man-made governments so you're not a democrat you don't believe in democracy <laughs> you are a theocrat you believe in theocracy um, and you're not allowed to vote you're not allowed to belong to a political party um, you're not allowed to uh, run for office in any way, even if it's a local sort of administration. Um, so when you leave, you know, you're kind of completely at sea because you've probably not paid any attention to politics at all. Um, so I think it's quite an important subject to kind of get your head around when you leave. It is one of those classic, what should I think about questions? What should I think about politics? You know, who should I vote for? What what sort of things should I think about when I'm voting? Um, so I don't want to, obviously today isn't about saying what our political views are, really. It's about the systems, how the politics in different countries works. Um, and, um, you know, what are the sorts of things that it's probably useful to understand when you're thinking about how how your country is run, you know, or your local area is run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but theocracy is quite interesting because um, 
I, I did a, a little bit of of research on the Watchtower Library, and um, of course there it refers to uh, theocracy as being ruled by God, which is what Jehovah's people believe in. And it it's points the best thing to pick in civilization because everyone just does as they're told. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's a um, well, it's the best in some respects, but it's very wasteful, isn't it? And you don't yeah. you don't progress very much. But no, you do it in early. You get a lot of obedience. Yeah, and then you move on. Yeah, obedience yeah. is is uh, top. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they point to when the Israelites formed a covenant. So there's a covenant in the Bible that the Israelites make with Yahweh, Jehovah, through Moses. So this is when Moses comes down from the uh, the mountain with the, the tablets, the Ten Commandments. But those Ten Commandments are just part of a big law, set of laws, that the Israelites had to obey, and they basically said, "We're gonna we're gonna make a contract with you, God, um, to say that we'll worship you, and you'll look after us, but we'll obey all your rules or your laws." And so it is formed as it's written as as a contract, um, and so they essentially sign up for this. So this is the way that the Bible describes it. They sign up for this contract, and then you get to see all the laws, all the rules, and there are myriads and myriads of laws in the bible about everything you know what you can eat what you can wear who you can marry how you can get divorced if you can get divorced and literally everything about your life really Uh, obviously people know about the sabbath day laws the rest day laws and all of that Mm -hmm. but there's a whole um you know there's dozens and dozens and dozens of of, of these laws jewish like laws around um how you eat meat or if you eat certain meats and um, absolutely kosher. Yeah. yeah yeah they didn't um kosher is a more modern jewish word but the mm. yeah that essentially was was mm. the rules you know you, you couldn't eat pork for instance um also laws around hygiene uh mm-hmm. bathing um women being unclean during mm-hmm. menstruation and a, 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 a cleaning ritual essentially that yeah. men and women had to go through um very uh very onus really um of, of course circumcision is part of that mm-hmm. so um that was introduced at that time so before that the men were not circumcised so the the first thing that you have to do when you sign up to this convention to this contract is um you know okay guys get your knives out mm-hmm. so uh yeah not a particularly uh, good start um, so obviously the Jehovah's Witnesses they they hold this up as being the stand. This is when God has a theocracy on earth. Um, but you know, if you actually read the Old Testament with the way that that nation was run and the things that happened, the thousands of people that died um, of various different things, sicknesses, it doesn't seem much protection. <laughs> Lots of military campaigns that go wrong. And, of course, whenever things go wrong or whenever there's illnesses and stuff, it's always blamed on the people. So it's always the people's fault because they were sinning against Jehovah. So they always find some sort of reason. Um, but if you just look at what, what that life was like under that theocracy, it was pretty unpleasant, really. Mm. Um, and the other thing to say about the- theocracies, of course, is that and there are modern day theocracies like Iran, for instance, is called mm-hmm. a theocracy. Mm-hmm. But because God doesn't 
you know, it doesn't come down and say, right, this is what you need to do. Of course, it's still men, um, and often it is males, who are making the rules. So well, apparently they call God it a them, the Ten exactly. Commandments, apparently. Exactly. Um, and it, it's also a great way to get people to do what they're told, as we sort of alluded to. So, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses constantly talked about theocratic arrangements, you know, are you obeying obeying theocratic arrangements? Which basically means everything from the way that the elders are appointed to who cleans the kingdom hall on a Saturday. Mm. You know, everything is a theocratic arrangement and is supposed to be. Do we think that God cares God. that much, even if he were real? Which I don't think he is, but even if he were, do you think he cares down to that minutia? No. So essentially, what you are saying, I think, when you're you're invoking this theocratic arrangement language is you're saying that basically god's given us the the um, the power to make these decisions um and so once you get to that point you really what is the difference between that and like uh, the 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 uh the divine right of kings really it's mm-hmm. the same thing isn't it it's saying well god's put me in charge I rule by the grace of God, therefore do what I say. And by doing that, you're following theocratic arrangements. Yeah. Um, and, and even if, so, you know, they they claim that in the new order, the new system of things, when all the world's governments have gone, that we'll have a worldwide, a planet-wide theocracy. But God's not going to be uh, making all the decisions there. Um, you know, even even in the imagination of the organization it will be men again men males making all of those decisions um claiming to have the the authority from god so you always have to have an administration and there are always people that are essentially you know doing things that they think is think are right and that are Mm -hmm. in their best interest not for the rest of the people oh yeah who in charge ever makes things more difficult for themselves exactly yeah so theocracy uh, in my view uh, always ends up being some sort of dictatorship or mm. you know a, some other type of um elite who are ruling the people and they're normally the religious leaders Yeah, so let's let's get into these different systems. So maybe the UK one is a good place to start. Um, so most of our listeners are from the US, so we're going to talk about the US system um, shortly. But second biggest group of our listeners is from mm-hmm. the UK. So I guess the place that we know, yeah. So um, it's probably useful to talk about the UK also because um, a lot of the modern day democracies um, took a lot of the ways of doing things from the uk or from i presume that's because we invaded lots of places well the colonies aren't they i thought former yeah, colonies what, i suppose yeah, you know yeah. so if you think usa canada australia these are all systems that that have some recognizable features but have been tweaked and changed and over the, over the the time um so the uk is a um constitutional uh, monarchy um or a democratic constitutional monarchy i think it's called um so we one of the things that American our American friends often get wrong is they think that the Queen is in charge. Or has any kind of say power. in how things mm. are run. Yeah. 
um, and she has no power really. Um, there are one or two moments where she has to fulfill certain roles. Um, and I guess if everything fell apart, then she might be um, much more active in appointing a government. But She's like an accountability measure. Like the, yeah. the Prime Minister has to have a meeting with her once a week or like at least someone yeah. she's appointed from the, the royals. But um, yeah, she's like an accountability measure. They have conversations, but, only... like, but she can't take it further. She can only talk no, to them. She can't, that's right. she can't threaten them with repercussions. No. Uh, I mean, it's the Her Majesty's government in, in name, but it is in name only. Um, so we vote in the UK, we vote for a political party when it comes to the general election. We vote for, well, actually, we vote for individual MPs. So our country is split into um, constituencies. And each constituency has one MP who we then go to the He's polls. He's meant to and represent your interests. And, in that area. Yeah. yeah. So you're um, voting for them. So, yeah, right. obviously the party has a general line, but you can see what your particular um, MPs are saying they're going to try and do for your um, constituency. That's right. And that when we vote for that person um, who normally belongs to a political party or doesn't have to, but um, normally does, um, we return them then to London and they take a seat in the House of Commons. The House of Commons is the lower house and that's where really all the power lies. Um, the majority party within the Commons is the party that forms the government normally, uh, so long as they have a 50 over 50% majority in the House of Commons, um, which means that they can get their laws passed. So if they if they don't have over 50% majority, then we end up with what's called a home parliament. Yeah, which means you've got to have a coalition. But our our political system very rarely finds that happening. So Wait, it, it has it, happened yes, in their lifetime. For, but. Yeah, but for me, it feels like quite a common thing. Yeah. Because from the point of my sort of like consciousness coming mm. into proper being, understanding politics and voting, we've often had a... Um, well, we had it once and that was for... Um, was it one... It was for one parliament, but that's Yeah, but then years, with... So. Um, what's her name? With Theresa May, she had to get the... Yeah, Yeah. she had to get support from them. It wasn't loads, but she stood she did need support from the um from 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 the from them. Yeah. So um if you don't quite make your fifty percent then normally what happens is they either go into coalition government, which is what happened with uh the Liberal and the Conservative Party going back sort of Mm -hmm. I don't know, ten, fifteen years now. Um or you do seven, two thousand and eight. Yeah. Or you do something called a um, oh, just just left my mind there. Something in supply, which basically means that you, uh, you know, you just on the basis of each vote, you try and get enough of mm. this other party to vote for you. So that means the government's quite unstable. Um, yes, so that's it, the Commons. Yeah, you can't um, push a lot through. That's right. And your and manifesto might just die in the water. Exactly. The things you said you were going to do might not go yeah. anywhere. So we want to pass this law to do this, to cut taxes, to raise taxes, whatever. And if you don't have enough seats in Parliament in in the Commons, which is the lower house, you simply can't get your vote through. If it fails to go through the Commons, it's it's going nowhere. It's dead, dead, really. So there's that. There's obviously a whipping procedure so that each house has whips. Whips. 
Yes, and they, they essentially are responsible for whipping the MPs along party lines. So if you're the Conservative They'll Party... make you do what you need yeah. to do. Which is, um, I think, was often discussed when Corbyn was Labour leader because mm. they constantly needed to... Um, yeah, they constantly needed to whip <laughs> uh, to try and get people to agree because there was a lot of disagreements between... Yeah. So party each party, members. each party has its own whip, not just the government. So um, it's probably just worth mentioning for those who are not UK uh, residents that um, in the UK we have two main political parties. Um, we have the Tory or the Conservative Party and the Labour Party. Then there's a smaller Liberal Democratic Party, um, and then there's also because we are a United Kingdom of actually four nations. Um, there are devolved governments in Scotland and in Wales and in Northern Ireland, which complicates matters further. But we're just talking about the national uh, government. So there's basically two parties. They whip their own members, but they don't always get what they want. It should be noted that whipping has come under scrutiny. It's always been one of those dark arts that... Um, well, yeah, because how do they do it? Just, it yeah. does, is it bullying? <laughs> is whipping yeah. just a nice word for bullying? <laughs> Pretty much. Because it's just... You don't want to do this. I will find a way for you to want to do this. So one of the things that's come out recently is what some of the whips have been doing is they've basically been saying, uh, you know that new school your constituency wants um, some mm. money for? Um, well, you know, and a nudge and a wink, basically saying that if you don't vote along party lines, um, the chancellor is not going to give you the money for your that school that you need in your constituency. Mm-hmm. Um, bribery. See, it we're pretty not, much uh, is. You know what? We have to do so much training at work about bribery. And like if someone offers you like a box of chocolates, you've got to declare it that, you know, you're not being bribed by your, you know, by people. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if it's above £20... It, for instance, you're in big trouble if they've gone if they've gone mad on the bouquet or something. Um, and then there's the government just like mm. bribing people for like schools mm. and yeah, like policy that affects people. Yeah, and there's been like quite a lot of claims of, of physical bullying. You know, like having somebody up against the wall basically. And uh, uh, yeah, so I think when it was all men, um, it was probably worse. Uh, mm-hmm. for that sort of thing but still well, it's yeah. quite a brutal place i, I don't know we've all heard about pretty patel <laughs> yes. she yes. needs she's our home office uh minister isn't she so yeah. she's the home secretary and um, known for her bullying yeah indeed yeah yeah mm. um actually found a an internal investigation found that she absolutely was guilty of of that um but absolutely nothing happened. But anyway, we don't want to get into um, into party politics. We're just talking about the the um, the processes, aren't we? Um, so yeah, so that's the House of Commons, and then that's where the real power lies. The Prime Minister is the uh, the head of the government that the biggest party forms. So currently, that's Boris Johnson, who is the head, uh, who's the Prime Minister. And he's a member of the Conservative Party. They have quite a big majority at the moment. They have about eighty seat majority, yeah. which means that they they can pretty much get through. They're pushing they through. Want. Yeah, they're pushing mm. through things that um, might otherwise not get through because yeah. they've got this. This is an opportunity to do so. So one of the the 
um, controversial things at the moment that's going through, um, or is, is going to go through at some point, is um, the the bill to send immigrants who wash up on the beach in Dover. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they kind of manage to get across the, to asylum the channel. Seekers. Asylum seekers, yeah. Um, basically, the plan is to fly them to Rwanda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, so yeah. that's the. And this uh, that's is why. <laughs> this is look. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna throw this out. <laughs> well, there. We're just, not gonna get politics. No, political. I'm just throwing something out there because I think it's funny. We were discussing what, as me and my housemates, things that you could, you know, if there was another podcast, if we were starting another one, we call it yeah. the crime. If the crime fits the punishment, or something like that, and or like the punishment to fit the crime, and um, we thought. What if the person that came up with the Rwanda plan, not naming anyone particular, but you know, that person, what if they were put on a dinghy and they had to avoid the British Navy? <laughs> and that was the way that they could uh, face what they um, put other people through. Yeah. Well, I don't but, think you know, it's likely to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, in my, in my, in, in my theocracy where I am God, <laughs> um, no, but, you know. But yeah, um, that sort of thing anyway, wouldn't so usually be able to be pushed through. Exactly. Um, but when you've got an eight-seat majority, then and you whips can threatening you to get rid of your school, we're actually we've got the bulldozers <laughs> ready. Um, we will destroy all I of the schools in the that. UK. Yeah, I don't um, think they've quite gone that far. But, no, I know. Um, but I'm just saying. But yes, it, we, um, let's make it funny because it's just depressing, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, so yeah, that's how you get you get stuff through. Now, if it goes through the House of Commons. It then goes to the upper house, which in the UK is the House of Lords. They can refuse things. Not indefinitely, they but they can refuse things. Yeah. So they debate it. So it's all, all debated in the House of Commons, and then there's a vote cast in the lobbies, they call it. They physically yeah. go into the lobbies and they vote. If it gets I, passed, yeah, it I then goes many, to the House of Lords. I don't know what Lords. the ratio of Lords like parties are. Like I don't know how many what the situation yeah. is there so it, it tends to be not so much along party lines anyway the lord so mm-hmm. um the lord is huge there's been a lot of talk about reducing the size of the lords um i think there's nearly a thousand lords currently uh, a mixture of yeah inherited people with inherited seats in the lords and appointed uh peers they're called and um it's it's very unwieldy Apparently, the the Conservatives have fewer Lords than a majority, mm-hmm. but it doesn't kind of work along party lines anyway because they by the time they get to the Lords, they're normally a bit older. They don't have their party allegiances quite so uh, tied up anymore. Um, and they're basically they're Lords for life. You know, they, doesn't, they can't do anything that's going to get them sacked. So mm. they just kind of sit Not there like forever. Not like that guy that definitely did get sacked recently. Did you hear about him that? in the Commons? The one that was uh, found... Watching yeah. porn on yeah. his mobile phone in the yeah. Commons, yeah. Yeah. He definitely can get the sack. Well, no, he didn't actually. He, did he, not? he was forced he to resign. To oh, yeah, which is getting the sack, though. Well, if he decided to hang on, he, he probably could have done. Um, mm. but obviously I think he was, he was probably encouraged. <laughs> of course he was. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, but did you hear um, how he ended up? Well, didn't he say it was, he was looking for tractors? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody sent him a link that he thought was about tractors. Um, so he clicked on the link, um, which, incidentally, he's supposed to be in the Commons listening to the bloody no, but tractors. speeches. So obviously tractors are more interesting than the Maybe debate that was going on at the time. Maybe he's got some tractor-related things to Probably. debate. 
But anyway, Maybe he clicked on Lincoln the link, sure. and it was it was porn. And but he did admit <laughs> that he looked at it and then uh, came back to it again afterwards. And at which time he knew what he was clicking on to. So he did admit that it wasn't only. Can you uh, imagine being sat next mistakes. to someone and looking over <laughs> and then just watching for him? Not well, uh, in the place of work. What happened? Not just work, the House of Commons. Yeah. What happened initially was that somebody reported that a member of parliament was seen watching porn, oh. um, but they didn't name him. So then what they what everybody did was look trawl through the hours and hours and hours of footage of the lord to see who was in the lords at is it the, the time lords? this I person it was the commons. Was. sorry the commons yeah yeah, commons. yeah. trawl um, through to, see, to find yeah, who was who up to was no there. good yeah and they that's some investigative journalism there. <laughs> dear me so oh, um dear. yeah so yeah so um anyway that's that's kind of by the by uh so going back to the lords the lords have the opportunity to debate it again mm-hmm. whatever the the law is they can send it back to the commons and say you know we'd like to see some amendments suggested yeah. yeah yeah exactly um and then the commons debate it again um and if they still want it to be passed they could say we no we want it exactly how it is they send it back to the lords now, i always forget how many times i think, I think the lords three I, th- I think on the third they have to accept yeah. it is what yeah. I understand. Yeah. So ultimately the Commons can get what it wants, but as with a lot of parliaments, make around it the world, bureaucratically difficult and you yeah, won't be able to stop it. That's right. Time is a big factor. So because actual... things change quickly in politics, mm. and what what might cause public outrage or not can quickly change. So if you like force the Rwanda thing to be on visible like very clearly visible and on site for long enough, you, the hope is you might be able to stop it via that yeah. just because public outrage is given time to And just debating um, time. It's very yeah. tight. You know, there's not a lot of time to do everything. There's a lot so to decide if you, on and pick. Yeah. Exactly. If you You've can... got to start picking your battles if it's worth it yeah, or exactly. not. Yeah. And if you just, yeah, if you just go with the amendments the Lords have made and then they put it through, then it's quicker, isn't it? Yeah, so the laws normally do get to uh, to make some amendments, and they generally it works quite well. the The downside um, is as soon as the lords start exercising some power, you know, by saying no, we don't agree with this, then there's mm. a a bit of a debate around un- the unconstitutional nature of that because the lords are not voted for; no. the people vote for the Commons. So, in in theory, really, you should be seeing the Commons pass the laws that the government wants to pass but um, I, so there's often the an argument it, it does have to go through eventually and i think it's one of yeah. the checks and balances isn't it yeah. it's just yeah. like we said it's it's because it, if they really wanted to they could force it through eventually um that's right yeah so i think it's like making it more difficult doesn't mean it, it's yeah. undo you know it's not possible um, i mean the, the the time when there was most of this sort of discussion was around brexit when the uk leaved mm-hmm. uh, leaved left the european union mm. and the lords kept uh, pinging back some of the uh, the decisions um and there was quite a bit of talk there about uh, about yeah unconstitutional behavior by the lords but eventually they got it through and we left mm-hmm. The European Union, for better or worse, that's um, that was decided. Um, so yeah, that, that's the House of Lords. Less now, feta the, now. The you um, <laughs> are less feta now. So. Less feta cheese. Yeah. Uh, yeah less of a lot of things. Um, mm. So that's the that's the Lords. Um, the the big question about 
the UK, I think, is the democratic deficit that we we do see. So obviously, the Lords are not voted for, so mm. nobody gets to vote for the Lords. They are appointed by um, the government of the day, so they will appoint various uh, new peers um, at various points, and that's how the Lords get uh, get decided upon. Um, and so, and also the, the non-representative nature, they have tried to improve that. So they have got people from various different walks mm-hmm. of life to yeah. sit in the Lords, but it's still very much dominated by, you know, the old guard, wealthy people who um, have made a big noise in politics or something and, and are mates or friends mm-hmm. of the prime minister or whatever. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, a bit of a problem. Um, so there's lot, often lots of talk about, uh, changing things um, but then you'd have to have a if you wanted to do it democratically you'd have to vote for the chamber and I don't think there's a great deal of enthusiasm for having to vote for a whole new set of politicians and the downside of voting for politicians well, is that you might just end up with the exact same group yeah, of exactly so then what's the point yeah exactly so you because need because if why is everyone going to then vote differently yeah. for the lords instead of the That's commons right. like you wouldn't vote for alternative people because that's yeah it defeats yeah, the and, and and so you you could end up with um yeah essentially just just exactly the same opinions in in both houses the idea of having two houses which happens in pretty much all democracies you have two houses that pass laws you have an upper mm-hmm. house and a lower house same in the US same in Australia Canada all India all all of these countries have two houses is so you have some sort of modifying house that says hang on what about this and and Mm. so it it is a sort of check and a balance in that respect yeah um but for now that's the way it works and as i said the queen in theory sits over all of that and Um, is not meant to have political affiliation no in any way she's not allowed to have any opinions so what's quite interesting some of our listeners may if they're interested in the news they may have seen the odd clip of the state opening of parliament and this is if you've not seen it you should go to youtube and um, have a look at some footage because it is kind of hilarious it's a they like do a kind of play um where the queen's representative is essentially hauled before the commons um and there's like a little bit of a thing that happens where he knocks on the door and it slams mm-hmm. his face and he has to knock again. And so basically it's all designed to say, you're not in charge, queen or king. Uh, the commons They're not is allowed in charge. In, are they? No. So the queen is essentially told every parliament opening to read a statement of the government's uh, intentions. So we just had that recently. It's called the Queen's Speech and the Queen reads out a prepared statement by the the government at the time. So she might not agree with anything that she's reading, but she has to basically say, my government will do this this year, Mm -hmm. and my government will ship people off to Rwanda, Uh and so on. And um, that's that's what she reads. Now, this year, because she's getting very old, she's 96, something like that. She's very Um, old. Very old. She couldn't make it this year and prince charles had to do it instead um mm. which i think raised quite a lot of our eyebrows he sat there on a throne with a, a 
another throne next to him with the crown on it representing the queen mm-hmm. with a whole chest full of medals dripping in gold reading out a statement uh obviously the government statement about the cost of living crisis that we're experiencing at the moment mm-hmm. and i think that that went down pretty you know uh pretty badly mm-hmm. yeah in in the country but anyway that's that's just the tradition of it you know that's just the way it works mm-hmm. um the, the final thing probably to say about the uk because we don't want to spend it all on that but the final thing to say about the uk is it doesn't have a written constitution so unlike the usa that mm-hmm. has a piece of paper um, that has a written set of um, or a written constitution with a set of amendments. Uh, the UK has lots of stuff written down, but it doesn't have one single place that says, right, this is the constitution. Um, so the UK's constitution no, is... A lot of case-by-case case basis. Uh, case, yeah, I mean, there's lots of stuff that but is then things down, set, but, it's... but then things set precedents. Exactly. So it's like yeah. there are yeah. like case-by-case case until it sets a precedent and then... But yeah. there's a lot of talk for whether we should have a written constitution to protect people's rights and so on. Um, so that, there's quite a lot of talk about that. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, I, I think if people want to go back on things, they will, regardless exactly. of a constitution, like yeah, we're seeing exactly. in America at the moment. Um, exactly. You know, they've that certain r- women's rights are being um, pulled back on. So yeah. I don't think a constitution necessarily protects you from that. Um, because it will right. be reflective of the time it was written as well, I suppose, mm. even if you do amend it. Um, and you can always bend things to do as you wish, depending on who you are. You need to fight things constantly if you don't want things to slip backwards. Yeah, that's, I think that's right. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so there's there's other, obviously, there's other democracies around the world. Uh, we're, we're focusing more on democracies, I think, because it's more interesting. I mean, obviously, mm. you've got um, autocratic dictatorships around the world. They mm-hmm. will also have their own systems of uh, administration. You know, it is not literally, you know, North Anarchy Korea's is leader. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, North Korea's leader isn't sat there making pronouncements about absolutely everything. So mm-hmm. there, there still has to be a system of, uh, you know, people in charge of this and people in charge of that and so on. But, um, but they... Yeah, we're not really talking about those systems no, today. Not, yeah, Hitler was an autocracy, but it still had different members of, you know, members of of people in charge and so on. So. Yeah. Um, so around the world, there's kind of lots of different approaches to democratic systems. Shall we talk about the USA for a little bit? Because um, obviously, yeah. it's probably you know the most important in the respect that it's the most powerful. Uh, democratic country um, mm. by a, a very long way and it also influences certainly the UK a lot so although well I heard someone use the phrase when America has a flu England sneezes that's right yeah recently. it's very true that's, mm. that's an old um, saying but I think it's still very very true mm. so we do follow a lot of the lead although obviously a lot of the um, the structures were brought over from the UK in many respects. Uh, the modern way of thinking about things, I think, does tend to come the other way. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I should um, caveat this with, obviously, I am not a, um, a constitutional expert um, of either the UK or any other country. So it's possible I get something wrong. If you are um, in the USA or Canada or Australia, which I've got some notes about, and you think, hey, he's got that wrong, then by all means, you know, 
tell us mm. if I've got something wrong. So I don't claim to be an expert in, in this. I do listen a lot to USA politics. So I am fascinated by it. Um, but again, that's not to say I, I'm going to get everything right. So what do you know about the states, Celine? Um, well, I know you're voting for the person rather than the party. Um, so in the way that <laughs> I suppose English politics or, um, can be quite cutthroat in that the party can turn its back on its um, leader and have a vote of no confidence once. But yeah, basically you vote for an individual rather than a party. Um, well, you can I mean, impeach, obviously, but... So you're talking about the presidential um, yeah, elections, yeah. right? Okay, so um, obviously you, you have... Uh, you vote for a president, that is true, mm-hmm. um, but the president does belong to a political party. Yeah, they party. belong to a political party, but it's not yeah. like if you vote for, in England, like we, did we ever actually vote for Boris? We might have in the end, but like we had loads of changes of, of prime minister before, yeah. or like um, we voted for one person and then loads of others, yeah. but that doesn't happen in America really. So, yeah, so you're talking about the president. So in America, you do vote for a president. You're absolutely right. In the UK, you don't vote for a prime minister. You vote for your local MP who happens to belong to a political party. Um, So the largest party in the UK uh, then decides who the prime minister is going to be. So you you never will know. I mean, you're, you're likely to be who you vote for. Um, the party you vote for, you know who the leader of that party is, therefore you've got a good idea who's going to be your prime minister, but you don't know for sure. No, but in my experience of politics since I said coming into existence, they always change. I don't know if this yeah. is uncommon, but for me, like I'm just like, you know, David Cameron, Theresa May, Boris Johnson, just quick just turning around of people. Um, but that, that might be uncommon. But yeah, so in America that happens. We call our first ours first past the post america's voting system yeah Yeah. Um, so that's what you've described there america's i've heard um that it's a lot of people take issue with how that works uh uh, yeah so let's let's go through the way that the system works and then we can talk about voting the way Mm -hmm. that voting works um so in the states there's two houses again or two chambers i think they generally call them um and that they they make up congress you've got the house of representatives which is the lower house uh which has 435 representatives and you have the senate which is the upper house which has 100 senators um which is obviously two per state because there's 50 states um so what's quite interesting is that the house of representatives uh the representatives there are you depending on how big your state is you return a kind of proportionate number of representatives to the House. Mm. Whereas in the Senate, it doesn't matter how big your state is, you always return two. So that's why there are some uh, people who think that's that's not very fair. You know, if you happen to belong, live in a big state like California or Texas or something. Well, there's certain states that have more importance. Yeah, because but you, you still only return two uh mm. Uh, people to the senate two senators to the to the senate yeah. uh, whereas if you're a tiny or you know relatively small population state then you still get the same amount and that seems a bit unfair but that's the way that it works in the senate um so a bit like in the uk you have these these two houses that you have to get laws through um and um it's all about majorities you've got two parties you've got the 
Democratic Party and the Republican Party. I mean, crudely, you'd say the Labour Party in the UK and the Democratic Party occupy a similar political view and the Conservative or Tory Party in the UK and the Republicans have more of a a similar view although yeah if our parties are more centralized there's a much more either end of that not yeah yeah. because I think in England it is it has changed a bit recently but our parties are generally quite central left central right rather than totally left or totally right yeah it's not there are key differences and obviously voting is really important um but they're not as um disparate i suppose not as polarized yeah. yeah um and it's become more so hasn't it over the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the recent time i think so yeah so that's that's what happens um in the two houses now i think one of the interesting things that i've been listening to podcasts about uh, american politics is is the filibuster so have you heard of the filibuster the person that wastes time isn't it yeah so that's that's really the idea of a filibuster is that if you want to is that allowed because it's not allowed in england um it's there's rules against it um Um, i think it has been used i'm not sure whether there are now rules i think it i think there are it can be used covertly or carefully there are ways around it but it is technically not allowed Mm. um and you can get caught out for it so this would be standing up in the so let's go back to the american system they can do it can't they is standing up in the senate and literally talking it out so so um talking 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 until you run out of time Mm -hmm. to debate it which basically will effectively kill the bill so Mm -hmm. in the senate if a senator doesn't want something to be passed in theory they could um, employ the filibuster, which means they would literally just talk it through. This but, was used exceptionally large amounts during the um, African-American civil rights right, situation. Yeah. However, what's happened over the years is because nobody wants to sit there listening to, um, I think Ted Cruz, uh, one of the senators, read a Dr. Seuss book over and over again um, as yeah. his... Uh, his attempt at doing that and nobody wants to sit through that so what they've kind of agreed is that if one or more or you know if there's not a a majority Mm. um, then they can or even if there is a a slight majority then somebody can still say I'm going to do a filibuster and if everybody else goes oh you know okay then we'll just assume that you've done the talky talky thing Mm-hmm. so we actually don't have to sit through listening to you talky talk we'll just assume you've done it though. like i don't want to actually debate this i'm going to read a book to put yeah, it yeah i know but but my point the point's really important to get through is that what's happening now with the filibuster is they're not sitting there listening to somebody talk it through they're just saying that they're going to do that and on the basis of that everybody says oh well it's not going to pass now the only way you can get something to force it through is by what's called a supermajority, which mm. is essentially um, two thirds, I think, of the House of the Senate will need to vote for it. Now, if it's a supermajority of two thirds, then you can't filibuster it. So effectively, what that means is it doesn't matter whether you've got a majority in the Senate or not, unless you've got a supermajority, you pretty much can't get anything through. 
feels which very exhausting. is a problem yeah mm. and that's being talked about quite a lot at the moment because currently as it stands in the senate there are 50 um republicans and if you count the one or two um, independents who do vote with the democratic caucus you've got 50 democrats so you've literally got mm. half and half now the casting vote is done by the vice president kamala harris so in theory they could have a majority um but there's always this filibuster problem um surely it just seems so it just seems so confusing as to why this is allowed to continue in that don't you want to allow the democratic process to take place just reading dr zeus or whatever you do to filibuster is not allowing the democratic process to take place is it it's just yeah shutting it down it means nothing it's not even even if it doesn't go through at least if you've if you've gone through the process and debated it amongst the house and you've you know you know you've done everything you can but if someone just talks indefinitely that 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 it means nothing it's it has no even worse still not talks but just threatens to talk that's enough to kill a bill Uh, and that's that's kind of where where it is at the moment the other problem is that even even trying to get a simple majority can be very difficult so the old joke is you know who's the most powerful joe in the united states Mm. who is the most powerful joe in the united states who is you think it would be joe biden wouldn't you Mm. because he's a president but it's actually joe um mansion and who's a senator um but basically often votes with the republican caucus so Mm. if joe manchin doesn't like it it ain't happening (laughs) (laughs) so basically everybody's trying to please joe and there's another senator called uh, Kirsten Cinema who kind of does the same sort of thing. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a it's, it's been really difficult I think for Biden's administration to get why is through. Why 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 is it can't this be dealt with? Why can't filibustering be be gotten rid of? Cuz so they w- they would need to obviously change the rules and one of the difficulties about changing the rules is you need a majority to do it and there well, sits Joe Manchin yeah. <laughs> so one of the, the one of the reasons for this rule i believe was to force the senate to work together so it was it was designed to try and stop um, exactly what has happened really which is things being completely divided along party mm. lines so the idea was you've got to work with the people across the floor and you've got to get cooperation and that was the idea but i think the problem is is it's become as politics have become so polarized and almost professionalized so you know you don't give your opponents anything you, you, you just literally because well, no, as soon as you give an inch and, yeah, yeah give an inch and lose a lose a yard right yeah, exactly so I think that's that's one of the difficulties currently, one of the frustrations, and and it's hard and if to you're see seen to changing. do anything as a party that doesn't agree with your manifesto, your statements, if you then start voting in ways that agree with the other party, then your mm. your line. I'm not saying this is right, but I'm presuming this is how it's seen. Is it's like your line is being weakened. You're being shown to agree with the other party. Do you know what I mean? And like. You can be, probably be pulled up in lots of inter, infighting and, you know, we can't yeah. be seen to agree with them. And I mean, they, they do have a whipping system as well. So they actually, in the US, they have whips as well. Obviously, that's taken from the, the British system. But I don't think the, the whipping is quite so 
uh, so powerful because um, something like Joe Manchin, for instance, um, it doesn't really matter what anybody says to him um, because he knows that his constituency, his state, um, mm-hmm. are never going to vote for another Democrat. He's the only Democrat they'll ever vote for. So it is quite a conservative state. So therefore, he doesn't need to worry, you know, that nobody can touch him really. So, yeah, it's it, there are problems, you know, obviously – with any system, with any political system, there's always going to be difficulties and it's a painful process to try and reform them. This, I think, takes us potentially on to another, I'm not, it's not a particular country that I'm referring to, but a system that some people think works better than the UK or the US because, or like in, in theory, it should work better because everyone would have to work together, which is proportional representation. So this is, this is when you come down to how votes are cast. So we could, we could talk about that now. So you mm. mentioned first past the post before Mm -hmm. um so in the uk we have a first past the post system and as far as i understand it so so do um effectively so does the us um now somebody could correct me if i'm wrong about that but what this means is that um whoever gets the most votes um ends up being the winner so that sounds well, yeah, obviously, but that but means that, that well. you don't have to have fifty-one percent of the vote. So you know, you like if in this country we have three parties really, we have two main parties and a third smaller one, the Liberal Democrats. So you might end up with I don't know forty um, percent of everybody voting conservative, thirty um, percent um, of everybody voting Labour um, and the other 30% voting Liberal Democrat, let's say. Um, But the Conservatives would be able to form the government because they have the most votes. But in some countries, you have to get at least 50% or more or 51% of the actual votes. So the first past the post, you don't have to get up to 50. It's just a simple majority um, and that's you vote for that, and whoever gets the most votes is the is the winner, and they mm-hmm. take all. So it's a winner takes all. There is mm-hmm. no proportional representation. So, you know, I might have voted Labour, and it's only ten percent difference to the to the party that won, but I get my party gets nothing. No, there no is a seat. Whatsoever. Yeah, so Peterborough has um, to keep it simple. I'm going to say one. We actually have two, but yeah. we have a seat in Peterborough. If um, if you and if you and Mum both like if we're the only group, if you and Mum both voted Liberal and I voted Labour, then the Liberal person will take that seat and then go to London representing us with that seat. Mm. It wouldn't matter that anyone had ever wanted Labour. No. The mo- more people wanted Liberal, so he sits down in the House, in the House of, of Commons. Commons. Exactly. So it's not and then those at seats all. are then mm. what gauge the actual government itself. So exactly. and as the far more as I people it, sitting in there that are yours dictates who's the actual government. That's it. And as far as I understand it, that's uh, the same way that it's done 
in the state. So you vote for a house of uh, for the House of Representatives, you vote for your governors, um, and you vote for your senators. There's just um, that slightly different thing with the maps, but I don't know how that works. Where you redraw the maps to try and get the best. Right. Thing so this is known it. as gerrymandering, and mm. um, it's it's a big theme around US politics at the moment and has to be said there's some concern about it happening in the UK as well so because you split areas into regions obviously Mm. and people vote within their region if you draw the maps in a certain way you can make sure that um, your party gets more votes if you are fairly unscrupulous you're looking to draw the maps in in a way that's going to favor your your political party so i think that's that's a concern at the moment that there's there's the chance that that can can happen in the states mm-hmm. certainly mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so there's that but yeah so we've got that but um yeah then proportional representation is different so it's it's it is that core vote then gets put into the government and you all have to like if it's completely split, then you all have to work together. Well, there's a few ways of doing, yeah, a few ways of doing PR, proportional representation. Um, different countries do use it. So I was looking at um, do, Australia think, do it. I think at one point Poland used it. I don't know if they still do. Uh, I don't know about Poland, but I know Australia have a system called a uh, single transfer so they use something called the single transferable vote and they also use instant runoff voting basically both of these are designed to say when you vote you might vote top you know, i want this person top of my list but um second in line is this person so you rank um according to which you think is is best um and depending on how it's done, either that ranking, literally as soon as you do the ranking, that's how it's all calculated. Um, or what sometimes is done is is you have a second choice, which if the first choice doesn't get above 50%, then your second choice is also taken into account. So you it then gets um, calculated that way. So one way or another, your second and third choices might be getting considered and they also get... Um, get into the into the voting system which as you've alluded to often means that you have more parties having to share power so mm-hmm. a lot of european countries do this um i think um i think france not not france um italy do a lot of this so you have mm-hmm. a lot of constant um negotiating with different parties to who's going to be prime minister and who's going to be foreign minister and who's going to be the, mm. um, the, the economic minister and so on. And, and that's how it's all done. It's all horse trading and so on. And I, I think I remember like post wars and such the, it was, you know, people thought it was a good, would be a good idea yeah. because you wouldn't, it would be much harder to be a majority um, party and yeah. to potentially relive things that had happened in the in the in the previous wars world wars yeah. um so it was kind of potentially reactionary to that um but you know has some good i you know the idea is you know yeah it, it means that there's not as much power in one particular party's hands there is mm. you are forced to interact with each other and try and make things work that's right and um i mean i think it has some really good 
pluses. I mean, one of the one of the pluses is that you always have feel as a as an individual as a citizen that you have you're franchised you know you you are able to affect uh the outcome in in a small way i mean currently in the uk for instance first past the post uh, and the same for the usa you know if you happen to live in a, a state um mm-hmm. that is you know is always going to be voting Blue Republican. Red, yeah. it doesn't matter what you do it's always gonna and the same goes for the uk the constituencies yeah. are so often um, it's very it's a big deal another. when they yeah it's a big, big so you end up with having just a few swing states or a few swing um constituencies which everything Flip revolves around them yeah. yeah they're um, the ones that you can affect and change that's right and some that just won't just and that is quite disenfranchising really mm-hmm. so pr obviously gets rid of that because you've you're, you're always having some impact and mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. there's a lot to be said for it and as you said because there are a lot means... of people that say what's the point in voting exactly you know people that says that yeah. and a lot of young people do say that mm. and it's um yeah yeah a lot of work to get young people to vote because they think that's, that's right. the point and it is hard to argue with that if you happen to live in a constituency that is is very staunchly yeah consistently uh, one or the other. yeah yeah mm-hmm. um, so I think that's that's a really good good thing and also as you said it, it means that no one party um, has all the power so you 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 have to negotiate you have to listen to each other you have to give way on certain things and um, the downside has always been claimed that in a way that the strength that I've just described is also its weakness in that you get governments who might be not as strong and make uh, so many kind of determined decisions because they're all the time trying to horse trade this and Mm -hmm. they've got that to worry about and so on. So that's the downside, I guess. Um, But I think, I think it's um, more newer democracies tend to go down that route. I think you're right. Um, Traditionally, it's always been first past the post, but I think new democracies tend to go through a, a more of a PR type of approach. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when people are, obviously we do have smaller parties that do take seats. So there are certain constituencies that are, mm. um, you know, the, the green party or, you know, <laughs> dirty word UKIP. Um, but, you know, we do have um, that, but they don't really have any power because they're not integrated into the government in the way that, PR would mean that you yeah. are so you know you'd say yeah. it because it's percentage based and and not just so because, over chairs you actually yeah. have they get they get voices you don't necessarily yeah. have much of a voice in the in the commons obviously the way that you can sort of um react with your council and work at a local government way you'll you'll have control or a bit more control um but in terms of yeah in the actual lawmaking nothing so yeah the green party in the uk is a good example of that there is a green party that um has one single mp mm-hmm. uh from brighton so the the um constituency of brighton mm-hmm. has a green mp and she's been the mp there for for many many years Long time, yeah. um but if you were to do a, a national poll which often does happen you know people who approve of the green party i don't know the number but it might be something like five or ten percent who would vote green Mm -hmm. um but they have zero representational next to zero i mean the same was with the ukip you mentioned it i mean Mm -hmm. might not have been a party that i would have voted for but lots of people did and they ended up with actually no mps the only mps they got was a couple of defectors from the conservative and conservative conservatives and like yeah i felt relieved because i don't like UKIP, but obviously then that does extend out to 
you know, other parties yeah. like Green or and it's wrong, um, Lib isn't it? Dems if, as well, because there's probably more people voting Lib Dem than the reps that they've oh, got. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so it it does it keeps the top two kind of in power. Now, one an interesting commentary I listened to yesterday was saying. So this is probably a bit UK focused, but um, was saying that this coming up the next election because the Conservatives have been in power for so long now, um, and I think they're pretty well disliked but um the labor party are not liked enough really so it looks unlikely that the labor party will get an overall majority so they're probably going to have to partner again with somebody else but Mm. the cost of doing that will be proportional representation so it, it could mean that what's coming up is for the first time um pretty much forever that we might end up with some form of PR uh, a better a fairer way of voting but mm. obviously that's just a an that depends opinion. on if all the parties agree to it yeah um, yeah because they have to make an agreement to form a basically a coalition don't they so yeah but you know if um if the Labour Party are not willing to form a coalition then they're unlikely they're not to in hold charge. seats so yeah. I think what's likely to happen is some sort of coalition and um mm. Obviously, it's never in the interests of the the big parties to 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 go for PR because it's like Turkey's voting for Christmas. You know, mm. why would they vote for a system that's likely to give them less power? But it just might be that we're coming up to a time when. Um, well, I suppose that's what happened last time with the Conservatives. Mm. They'd been out of power so, for such a long time that's right. that they were willing to form a coalition with the Lib Dems. Yeah. Um, and I guess now it's flipped on the other way, isn't it? The Lib- the Labour Party have been out of power for such a long time. They might be willing to create a coalition this time. Yeah. Being well, in power in some degree is better than none at all. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, time will tell on that one. Um, so, yeah, so we, we were talking about the US uh, system. That's yeah. probably as much as I, I, think I know done, about that. Yeah, because well, we've um, done it in... Yeah. We opt around, but... The, the, other, the other one I was going to mention was Canada. Um I have mentioned Australia already. So Canada and Australia, again, have similar types of um, arrangements. Canada is much more like the UK, actually. It's it's also a constitutional monarchy. So Canada say, has the same... isn't it? Well, yeah, but it's um, in terms of its government, it has mm. the same arrangement, essentially, as, as the UK, mm-hmm. um, with the addition same as Australia, as a Governor-General. So the Governor-General essentially operates as the Queen's representative. Yeah. So it's the same Queen. It will be the same King when the Queen dies and Prince mm-hmm. Charles takes the throne. Um, but again, she has no power. It's all, um, all the power is invested in the uh, the government itself. Mm-hmm. Um, in Canada, they have a Parliament again. They have a Prime Minister. They have Houses. Uh, they have the Commons, but they have the Senate, which is their upper house. Mm. Um, and the Senate is appointed by the Governor-General. So that's where the Queen's representatives uh, gets involved. Um, and the they have the Liberal Parties, the Liberal Party and the Conservative Party and, and a few others. Australia, again, similar. Now that's I quite liked this phrase. I got this from Wikipedia. They call it a wash, a washminster mutation. Mm. Uh, so it's a bit of Washington and it's a bit of Westminster. Mm. Um, so they, 
they have similar things to the US. They have a House of Representatives and they have a Senate um, uh, and they have the executive, but they also um, you know, have similar structures to to the UK. They don't um sorry, they they, they have a governor general again, so that the Queen is um, officially the head of state. But I think um particularly Australia, there's quite a big Republican movement there, not the type of Republican movement in the US, but in terms of becoming a republic. Um, so I think Australia in the next few years may well choose to uh, get rid of the the Queen as mm. the head of state, but um, that's for the future. Yeah, so um, so they all have similar sort of processes, but of course they all uh, depend on people voting. And one of the biggest uh, problems in modern democracies has been that people just have not voted. Um, and so you, you you may get um, you know only sort of sixty percent of the population actually voting mm-hmm. at all, of which you might get even if you got half over half of the voters, you know you're still only talking about thirty one percent of the entire population who are actually mm-hmm. voting for that party. So that's one of the problems um, of a lack of interest in politics is that you know you end up with minority governments yeah but i don't know and it's great so it's great when you leave um a group like jehovah's witnesses for instance because you actually can yeah you can actually take part in in Mm -hmm. society you can help make decisions about how things are done so yeah Mm -hmm. um i hope that's been kind of interesting and maybe a bit useful Uh, Mm -hmm. my my feeling is it's really important to get engaged in politics, you know, it's a shame schools don't teach politics. Mm. Yeah, they don't like how the systems work. They should, shouldn't they? They don't. They don't teach it at all. I learned about politics. Yeah, we don't. They don't teach it. The the reason I know some of this stuff and what I learned in school was when I was doing history, because politics and history are forever linked, aren't they? You know, Mm. why things happen. Of course, the government is, has a lot to do with that. So I was doing about civil rights, of course, that's government to so learn about American politics. And I was doing about, um, I did 1900 to 1924 po- politics in England, very specific span of time. That's because it was covering um, women's rights, um, and which again is, is voting um, specific. And, um, you know, we were learning about the island situation during that time. So we were learning a lot about politics because of that and we're learning about again when i've talked about sources and why i think history is an important topic to learn and how to analyze sources a lot of those sources we were learning about bias through politics Mm -hmm. and why politicians would say certain things and what tactics they would employ and um how systems worked yeah what filibustering was um you know because yeah the in these letters written between different politicians that we'd be researching we'd be trying to learn through this so that's yeah. how we do it at school we didn't learn it as a subject though it was it I'm was surprised they don't do it in tangential citizenship um there's supposed to be this lesson. we just kept well we just kept going on about if um the death penalty was all right uh, okay but no well it's an important <laughs> question but um, yeah but I think that you went also on for need, a long time <laughs> you also need um, to understand how your democracy works but the idea is mm. it was meant to become um personal development and yeah you would mm. learn things like that you were also learn um like i guess kind of like moral questions you were learn you were meant to learn um like 
about mental health, I think, but it just kind of in like sex education, but it just didn't come mm. to fruition. I mean, if other people that listen know any better, better experience, experience but yeah. everyone that I know that went to different schools as well sure. didn't experience that, which it's a great idea, but I, I don't know if the schools just aren't provided the resources for that to work or not. Probably. Mm. That's often the thing, isn't it? But there we go. Well, Anyway, um, there's lots of resources that you can use. I'll put some links on on yeah. the show notes around that. Um, Dad's the, special interest is politics. It is. It him. is very interesting. Um, I listen to all the the politics shows from the UK, pretty much, and, uh, and a lot of quite the a few from ones. the American ones. Mm-hmm. Um, right before we go, Celine, I think we mm. need to bring back tweet of the mm. week. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> Nice. I thought you were going to do the one that you did one time, things that we used to do, but we don't anymore. And I was like, oh, no. no. Things we used to do. No, <laughs> this is um, Tweet of the Week. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Here's the music. Okay. Tweet of the Week. 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 Uh, right okay so tweet of the week uh, i've got a few things i want to say um, first of all as we were talking about theocracy um i thought i would mention riley's tweet who mm. said i'm incredibly embarrassed to admit this but i used to have the word theocrat on my facebook profile under political views <laughs> bless his heart um he put it out there and everybody um took the mickey it's all part of your identity it makes sense as to why <laughs> yeah i thought it was funny and Laugh cool thanks riley um and there was also a tweet about one of our episodes from pablo partigiano um who said that he had a couple of podcasts he wanted to re- recommend and um one of them was ours he said on a lighter note the other xjw podcast is about games Hobby board games and to a lesser degree, video games have been an important part of my post JW life. Overall, I've realized how important it is for XJWs to have hobbies beyond XJW stuff. Um, mm. So, he wrote a little bit of a thread there. So, um, yeah, if you check that out, Pablo Partigiano, oh, I don't know if that's a real name, but it, it yeah. could well be. Um, so, thank you for that. I appreciate mm-hmm. that, Pablo. Um, and uh, mentally diseased, obviously germ who was actually on the show he made the point on twitter that he didn't on the show but he said he learned how to parallel park on gta mm-hmm. uh, which was kind of cool um, and the other big news this week on twitter was the victory for uh kevin uh kevin the kevinly class um handle but he's the guy who did the dubtown videos Mm -hmm. the lego stop motion stop motion animation videos about dubtown this fictional jw town um which is gentle comedy if i'm honest um anybody with a sense of humor should find it funny even jehovah's witnesses actually i think in the main um but the society took him to court to try and reveal his identity because they claimed he'd broken copyright law, which mm. is an absolute nonsense because, I mean, he was hardly doing Do anything. Do any of the JWs um, 
they probably don't know about it because they won't be telling them. But do they not yeah. think about the money that they give the organisation oh, and the fact that it's being used in a stupid court case? Can you imagine? I know. Um, so finally, after I think a couple of years, um, they lost their final appeal with prejudice, which basically means they're never allowed to bring that mm-hmm. case again. Mm-hmm. So well done, Kevin. Really appreciate it. Um, I did reach out to say, come on the show. Um, mm-hmm. But he hasn't he hasn't replied yet. But um whether he does or not it's fantastic thank thank you for your the laughs i mean it mm-hmm. really it is a great series uh, if you've not seen it then check it out on youtube um and the other the other tweet that got a lot of action uh, over the last few weeks was uh so we were sarah your mum and me were sat watching the princess bride and uh, i just said I think I had a glass of wine. Um, mm. I, I, and I said, I'm, I'm going to now spend the next few hours uh, tweeting lines from the Princess Pride. <laughs> so as they came up, I would just tweet, you know, uh, this line or that line. And um, uh, yeah, um, I'm from the Brute Squad. You are the <laughs> Brute Squad. That sort of stuff. And um, so much interaction. It kept coming through the day after. <laughs> um, people absolutely were brilliant about that they just kept mm-hmm. doing their own quotes and uh, mm-hmm. joining in so that was nice really one. fun yeah so thanks yeah. everybody for doing that it was good fun mm-hmm. uh, yeah so that's it for my tweets of the week yep very good nice. cue music tweet of the week tweet of the week tweet of the week tweet of the week Right, okay. So I guess we're done. All done. Thank you, Celine. Um I've enjoyed that. It's been nice mm-hmm. um going over a whole politics mm-hmm. question. Um again, I repeat, if um if you know better, if I've said something uh, particularly about your country, um and I've got it wrong please forgive me um, and um, tell me where I've got it wrong. I'd, I'd love to know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's it. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast and, um, and do a review. Different countries get uh, their own review section. So um, currently we have a few reviews in the UK, but we need more. Um, but we have proportionally much fewer in the US than we do in the UK, which should be the way around really because there's lots mm. more people listening to the podcast over there so um yeah please uh please do a review it really does make a difference mm-hmm. um so we're going to the podcast show next week celine you and i uh, the national podcast show a convention conference whatever in mm-hmm. london on well i'm going for two days you're going for one so that should be interesting so by the time you listen to this we will have been um mm. so maybe if there's anything interesting there we we can talk about it mm. um so yeah looking forward to that nice thank you thank you bye bye what should i think about is an evil sheep production